Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe back with another edition of the NAI Football Podcast powered by AdCraft Custom Apparel and Merch the best in the business. Got some a lot of web stores going on. If that's something you want to do to raise some money for your team, give our friends at AdCraft a call. But today we have somewhat, uh, somewhat early on in the offseason, unfortunately. Uh, Morningside head coach Steve Ryan comes on the show. Coach, it is a little earlier than, than we usually have you on. Usually we, we get you rather late in the, in the uh, offseason. Probably better getting the northern school guys later in the offseason to, to learn a little more. It did snow this morning. I woke oh, up this gosh. morning. There was snow on the ground. And no. it was like, was not expecting that. No. Oh, man. We were like in the 80s today down here. I mean, you know, just saying. Yeah, I don't like you, Court. <laughs> I don't like snow. This is why I live in Florida. <laughs> well, Coach, it's a, it's another... I mean, it's, it, it is a really good season. Look, if, if 75% of, of the teams in the NAI have a, uh, a perfect regular season, uh, they're really, really happy. Um, it's just that Morningside's just at a... There's a different standard there. But another great season. Um, looking back at it, uh, y- you know, y- you get the Northwestern game. You get it out of the way early. Um, and uh, then, then you just go on a rampage across the rest of the G Pack. But um, you know, I, I know losing losing Joe there late on in the season hurt, and I know it, it hurt him not only physically, but that that dude is a competitor, and just he wanted to to play so badly, didn't he? He did. I mean, uh, just in terms of how that finished up, you know, losing. I mean, we lost Schweiger at wide receiver, Joe at quarterback, and then Ryan Cole at the end at running back. And so obviously, you know, we were just a little bit depleted. Um, you know, the backup went down, Luke went down, and then Kale went down as our third quarterback. And Joe, you know, made a a great attempt there in that semifinal game, but he was three weeks out from surgery on his hand. I mean, that was, I mean, to be fair, he played absolutely. Um, that's that's a that was a Herculean effort against Morningside, being that far out from surgery. Um, you know, so I, I'm not going to fault him fault him for that. I mean, 18 of 36. You could tell he wasn't. You know. Yeah, as the, the game went on, just with the cold, I think it affected him a little bit more. Um, I thought Kaiser made some great adjustments too. I mean, give them a lot of credit. They. I think they did it three times in the playoffs, came back in the fourth quarter, and that, that speaks volumes about them. So, um, But, you know, that it, it is what it is. You know, the other way to look at it is um, we've been, you know, God's blessed us, you know, and 
you know, uh, sometimes, you know, we've gone through the playoffs and stayed healthy and that's why you win a, a championship. You got to stay healthy to win a, a national championship. And we've had plenty of those. And so we were able to win them. Just didn't happen this year. That's, that's one of the things I've been talking about all off season is, is that, uh, you know, injury luck is, is such a thing. Um, and, and you've got to stay healthy to, to win the championship. And it just, the injury luck didn't fall your way this year, and you, you take a for Morningside a, an early exit there. Um, you you talk about Joe and and even going going back to to Trent, and I was looking over the history, just the recent history. I know y'all had a a great quarterback before Trent in there. When you're when you're looking at the the next guy up, um, because obviously you're making a. a Big transition from Joe to whoever the next guy is going to be. Is there at some point too big of shoes to fill where you've got this this grand history of back-to-back-to-back, really, really great quarterbacks? Or do you just have to find the right guy who says, heck it, I'll take these shoes and I'll wear them myself? Yeah, so, I mean, what you're talking about with Ryan Kasdorf, so we've had... Our last three starting quarterbacks have all, at the end of their career, been National Player of the Years, and they're all outstanding players. So, um, I, you know, I, I think quarterbacks, just by very nature, that's very attractive to them. I mean, they want to be in a program where they can throw the ball. You know, they get an opportunity. I mean, if you really look at Joe's numbers and Trent's numbers, they're gaudy, especially for their career because you know they started for so many years. So. I think for there's a lot of guys that that's very attractive. So uh, if there's an outstanding quarterback out there that's listening to that podcast, it's coach, it's Ryan at morningside.edu. Look forward to hearing from you. We got a spot for you. Absolutely. <laughs> One other thing that, that comes with, with success, um, especially sustained success is you have to be really, really well acquainted with the other coaches uh, around the country because by Joe, someone's going to come and come poaching yours. Um, you, you were, uh, no exception to that, uh, this off season with, with Indiana Wesleyan, um, needing a, a new head coach and, uh, coming for, for coach Andrew road, uh, you know, your, your offensive coordinator from a year ago. Um, how do you go about replacing coaches do you have like this massive excel spreadsheet on uh, coaches on your short list at every position or, or how does that work yeah first i'm really excited for andrew i mean that that's a that's an outstanding job that he's got it you know it's a i'm happy for him i think he's going to do a great job there so way to go andrew andrew also his wife just had a baby this past All weekend right. so congratulations joy and andrew and and you and your family also, Andrew spent a lot of time at home, quit working with that football team. Come on now, you guys are good enough. <laughs> with that being said, Andrew, um, yeah, I mean, you you have a list of guys that that you kind of want to go with and be a part of. We we chose to hire from within Jay Schlichte. He's been an assistant coach for three years. If there's a guy inside the program, that's probably the easiest way to go, just because they're familiar with with the head coach and working with the head coach in that regard. And so then at, at that point where you're promoting from within, what's your, what's your kind of idea on 
how, how do you get the guys in on, on the front end? Because if you're going to uh, make someone your offensive coordinator that's promoting from within, you know, you, you, he's either going to be your quarterback's coach or, or whatever you've got there, but you've got you to gotta find the guys there. Are you really looking for, for recent grads from Morningside, or, or are you kind of looking for, for outside when you're trying to get those position coaches? Right. So most of the time, um, I just try to get the best coach I can. Number one, um, I'm looking for a man of, of great character. Um, character carries over in so many ways in every aspect of, aspect of life. If there is a player that's played for me and I'm familiar with them and, you know, they've made that commitment toward, you know, coaching, you know, football and being in college coaching, obviously you take a good look at them because you do have a, a great understanding of, of what their character is. You have an understanding of what their work ethic is and those sort of things. But I, I really try to hire the best person I can, you know, um, you know, Andrew had never coached for me before, before I hired him. He did a great job and now he's in Marion, Indiana. So, um, you know, Lucas Luter before that worked up the ladder and, and that's what we're doing with Jay. So we'll see how all that goes. Okay. The question is, can they work with the head coach? I hear at Morningside, the head coach is very difficult. Oh dear. Well, coach, uh, yeah. <laughs> coach, you've, you've got a lot of, of, pieces that are coming back of, of course obviously you're you're losing some um you know offensively uh you're gonna have to replace Caleb Schweigert uh and, and Austin Johnson uh you know as as well as obviously Joe uh Dolinchek who who was a three-year starter there but you do have coming back all conference talent and Ryan Cole Zach Norton and uh and Jack Sievert at your um at your skill positions, talk to me about once again having to kind of remake your your offensive roster and and uh, try not to miss a beat with it. Yeah, so you know we graduated thirty nine seniors, and that's a huge. That's got to be the most I've ever graduated. I think that speaks partly to COVID um, and guys staying with it. You know, when you win in national championships, you know a lot of guys came back for that fifth year. I'm excited about what we're going to do on offense. You do mention, you know, some critical young guys and Zach Norton is young and, and uh, Ryan Cole is still young. They've played a lot of games. Uh, Jack Seaver, uh, Griffin Kraft at that tight end H back position also played for us throughout the year. So there's some young guys there that we can work with that I'm, that uh, I, th I think will do well. I think, um, we're going to definitely be bigger and stronger and maybe more athletic up front. Um, so if we can get those guys going, I, I feel good with, with the future of our, of our guys up front. Defensively, you're, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. You're graduating 39, uh, seniors. When you're graduating 39 seniors, you're daggum well losing them from everywhere. Um, your defense is, is no different there. Um, but you do bring back, uh, I, uh, Isaac Pingle, uh, Johnny Walls and Lonel Boyd. Lonel Boyd's a, a big one to, to bring back there with nine pass breakups. I mean, Lord, among uh, those three that I mentioned, you're looking at 11 interceptions and two dozen pass breakups on, on the season. Talk to me about making sure that you cause havoc on, on defense with a, a new crew. Yeah. I mean, 
you started with our secondary, you know, and um, I, I think we got a lot, you know, some good things going on in the secondary, you know, uh, all three of the corners that started for us last year, Logan, John and Johnny are coming back. Plus, you know, Jamal Jones was out mm -hmm. all year with an injury, took an injury redshirt year, and he had been a three-year starter prior to that. So, you know, at corner, there's some good guys returning. Lonnie Boyd has been our leader for the last two years in the secondary. He's back for another year. I, I think he's had a great offseason so far. So the secondary looks good. It, a lot of it's going to be, you know, replacing some of those guys up front in, in Colbaum and Weston Schultz and and I think that's really the big area for us is can we, you know, we've got some young guys, you know, they've been recruited. Now's their time. So hopefully they, they can step up and do it. Well, Coach, one of the one of the most fun things from our perspective in, in the media and, and uh, the fans love it, too, is the scheduling of out of conference games. And, uh, you know, you get your first out of conference game here since two, uh, 2019 against St. Xavier. You schedule a home-and-home home with Benedictine. We talked to uh, Coach Osborne over there at Benedictine. He, he said that, uh, you know, he just called you up and y'all ma uh, made it happen. But uh, talk to me about, uh, you know, being able to schedule at a conference. And what Yeah, we've, we've struggled scheduling out a conference. So, um, you know, just in recent history, we've just struggled to find a game. In 19, it was St. Francis of Illinois was actually who we played. Um, and then prior to that, it was Truman State, a Division II school, and we played Whitewater there for a few years, just trying to find that, you know, trying to find someone that we we could play. And uh, I'm excited about this game. I think Benedictine's an outstanding, an excellent um, football team. And so it's going to be a real test for us. I think it gets us off the ground, moving fast, and and hopefully um, I'm. You know, we get to go down to Kansas City. You know, if I win, I get to enjoy barbecue. If I lose, I drown my sorrows in barbecue. That's that's a win-win situation right there. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. Sort of, just sort of, not really, <laughs> but yeah. Oh dear. I mean, and and oh, gee, coach, I can't imagine why you'd have trouble scheduling out of conference opponents. You've only won three out of the last five national championships. Um. So yeah that's part of the the, the the challenge. And so, and then, you know, just kind of the way the conference is set up for us right now, it's always got to be a week zero, but I'm really excited. I think Joel's done an outstanding job at Benedictine. And, you know, the last time we played them 18 in the national championship was a phenomenal football game. So um, I was, I was there. I was there. That was the last year in, uh, in Daytona beach. Uh, Botched snap on the punt seals the victory for Morningside, and uh, y'all secure your first national championship. <laughs> I remember like it was yesterday. Um, yeah. Let's let's uh, let's you and I just put it out a gratuitous plug about national championship back at Daytona Beach. Nothing against Durham, North Carolina, right, or any of the other places, but uh, there is something about it being right there on the beach in Florida that was kind of special, wasn't it? It, we didn't get to really stay. Uh, we we drove in for the game and then drove back out. That was our first. That was our first national championship game that we'd ever that we attended. That was our first year doing this. Um, so we didn't get to really got to expand that budget. Yeah, no, absolutely. And 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 now it and now it has. Man, we were on a shoestring budget then, man. Um, 
But man, I don't know that you really want to be in the in the water in the middle of December in Florida. But you know, and my Iowa boys are built different, so <laughs> you, you you never know. But I, I'm I'm not going to say no to to bringing it back to to Florida or to the the deep South. I've I've um, you know, I, and look, I love Durham. I love going there. Um, it's it's a fantastic place to be. I wouldn't mind like a Savannah or heck Orlando. Let's go to Disney World. Um, you know, I mean, how many of the, these Iowa kids are are getting to go to Disney World on the regular? This Florida boy ain't. The, the The positive of Durham was, you know, all those college buddies that I had that would always say like, "Hey, yeah, you make the national championship. I'm coming to the game." Never came to any of them till they saw it was Durham and they saw the golf courses in the area, right? And they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we're coming down. They came down for that one to play those golf courses. You know, all those golf courses that an NAI football coach can't afford to play. Right. But, uh, so yes, there's a lot of good things about Durham. It's a great community and um, food is fantastic. The hotels are fantastic down there. So what I'm hearing. Sure nice to experience it again. So what I'm hearing is, is you'd really not mind Myrtle Beach either. No, I wouldn't mind Myrtle Beach. So it's pretty good. I mean, one of the great things about Daytona is at that time, I, you know, I had all six of my kids at home. And so, you know, you literally could go win the game and say, hey, I'm going to Disney. And we did. We went to Disney the next day. And, right down the road. And I wasn't that upset about having to stand in line all day. But uh, um, if I had known that, Coach, I would have come over and we would have done an impromptu. Hey, what are you going to do now that you just won the NAI National Championship? Well, I'm going to I, Disney World. Disney, I could have done it, and I would have got no money for it. Absolutely, but it, <laughs> it, it would have just been fun. Well, Coach, all around the GPAC, really, whether it be the Sooner, whether it be the KCAC, the Heart, the MSFA, everyone's kind of getting rejiggered, getting some new teams in, some old teams out, kind of. Doing a lot of realignment, and uh, GPAC has been really quiet and has stood pat. Talk to me about standing firm at eleven, and um, you know how how you get better as a conference. Yeah, I'm, the GPAC's a fantastic conference. It's it's a great conference to coach in, and um, there's one great academic school, Morningside, and then there's a lot of really good academic schools. So. Uh, in all seriousness, I think there's a lot of good schools in the conference. Um, they're well, you know, they're good schools for young people to go to. Um, I, you know, I don't have, I think we'd have one overnight trip a year just in conference. So you just think about that in terms of travel and some of the other situations. So there's a lot of things that are really good about the conference. There's been some minor changes, you know, whether it's Mount Marty joining or Jamestown. Um, and then there's been a couple of schools that have kind of gone all under if I go way back, because I've been here for over 20 years, but by and large, it's just a great conference in a great situation. Um, now, that doesn't mean that with the nature of the way the world is, that something would never come up. But I think the college likes where they're at and how it's going. Honestly, with the. How do I want to put this probable, possible, probable move to a, a 20 team format? You think it's going to happen? Uh, the, uh, from, from what I hear, every, everybody and their brother thinks it's happening. So where, uh, where I hear multiple, multiple sources of smoke, I'm, I'm going to start to smell some fire. Um, 
we'll see. Um, I hope it does. I mean, we we were a good two teams shy this year. Um, where you know, if if you know you had had an opportunity where you didn't have a couple of the auto bids come through, um, St. Thomas and and Bethel would have. Uh, been fantastic additions to the playoffs. Um, wasn't was wasn't Bethel on the oh you're oh Bethel Kansas Bethel yeah. Can- yes I, I mean there's always going to be an issue right there'll just sure. be a new line and that's kind of an old way of saying it but yeah I could have probably used a buy with those injuries too yeah no joke um, might as well just start I'm going to blame that that's that's the whole reason right all the other things that are like the real reasons I'm just going to. Uh, we're a year late on the 20. <laughs> right. No, but with, no, I, I think it could, I mean, obviously it's going to have some effects on things, but. And, and with the G pack sitting at 11, uh, honestly, I think if, if, you know, a score to materialize that matched the G pack, I, I think it would be uh, an opportune moment to, for, for the G pack to make those two divisions and get uh, a couple of, of auto bids. I mean, you're right there on the cusp. Yeah, I mean that's that's something that you know I would agree with you. You know, from a, as a football stamp coach's standpoint, um, I'm probably gonna I'm gonna say this, and I'm probably gonna get like uh, what's what's it called canceled in my own oh, Midwest conference. But I think there's some merit to just joining up with the North Star, making a super conference, and dividing up in two. And I mean that I think that I and I'm just saying that as an NAI coach, I think it would be good for the NAI you know, just um, to bring some stability to those schools up there. Um, and I think they're playing good football right now, you know, with with Dickinson and Valley and, and Dak State, uh, hopefully not look, overlooking some. But you're, I mean, you're, you're right. And, and with Iowa, with, you know, presentation going on right. kind of under and stuff. And I mean, and, and with the addition of Iowa Wesleyan a couple of, of years back, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure where, where they lie in the squarish state of Iowa. Um, but I mean, that wouldn't be a terrible trip for, uh, for, for y'all if they're kind of on that Northwest corner there, y'all are on the Western side of the the state anyway. It's not the worst idea I've ever heard. No, I mean, there's some, the, one of the things about the GPAC is the GPAC, um, I don't know the bylaws or how it's stated, but is at least we always state it is a, faith-based conference. And so that always becomes an issue when it becomes time to, to add schools. So, so coach, what that's for. I, yeah, I mean, and, and it is, it, it depends on who you get and who you're able to team up with. So I, I definitely understand that. One other thing I, I understand uh, is, is that if you're not improving, you're, you're falling behind. It doesn't matter whether it's in your, your Christian walk. Um, you know, if, if you're not looking to do better every every day, um, you're you're going to be going backwards. So, what area of of your program, whether it be on the field between the the hashes there, or off the field, are you really looking to focus on and improve on in 2023? Yeah, I think you know one is there's just a going back to the basics. So, um. You know, there, there was a little bit, you know, we had that five-year run, you know, and in that five-year run, 
um, you know, you mentioned a few of those names, but guys like Swagger and um, Joe and, you know, you can even throw a few if you want. Austin Johnson and Reed Jurgensmeyer, you know, going back a few years, if you had like Winger and the Kotzers. I mean, there was just like this general wave of consistent leadership and consistent play. And so it's almost like in some ways it's like a whole new set of leaders need to come forward. And so I think with that, there's this re-establishment of values of, hey, you know, just what, it, you know, what do we mean when we talk about, you know, just playing persistent, running to the football, you know, downfield blocking, just to refocus on general uh, being relentless, general focus on discipline. What's it mean to do things right? How do you do them? How do you go about them? What's the attitude that you you go into a game with? Uh, what's it mean to be a leader? How you do it? So for me personally, it's just that reminder of, and we talk about it every offseason, the reestablishment of values. But I think it's even more so this year just because it's all new guys. And maybe it's more for me. There's a little bit of a new excitement that, hey, you know, these are some some new guys that that I get to be around. And, um, and, and I'm just going to say this. I became very close to a lot of those guys. Now you, when, when you win a championship, you become close to someone. But some of those guys, we won three of them together. And then the things that we do in the off season, you know, um, you know, a lot of those guys I was with in the Dominican Republic last year. I was with them in Cuba in 20, you know, uh, climb the mountain, all those things that we do off the field. So, you know, that was part of it. Um, you know, I went on a trip with 30 guys down to Grand Isle. It's an hour and a half south of New Orleans. I think, you know, for me this year, one of the reasons, one of the things we did was we did something stateside where we could get a bigger number of players involved. And, and I think that was exciting. So there's this reestablishment of relationships, a focus on fundamentals and discipline that come with it. Um, and I think that's that's a big part of what, where we're starting at here through spring ball. Absolutely. And and it's th- that's a really valid point. I mean, you've got so many great names that in during that five year run. Uh, were, were standout guys, and it felt like even when you replaced, uh, even when you had a guy leave, um, you know, you, you had another dude right behind him. Uh, you know, especially I, I, I feel like, you know, obviously at quarterback, um, you know, we've talked about that, but the, the same happened at, at running back, you know, with, with AP and, uh, and the guys after them. We talked last year about, um, you know, <laughs> Your guy who put his uh, played his heart out um, with forty carries. Um, Ryan Cole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. was that? I, I think one of the things that was a little bit unique. So, um, that that maybe is a little bit different this year. You know, when when AP left, you know, it was it was a situation where Sims had been a backup behind him for two years, and we're just like, oh man, we you know, this guy's good, you know, and just other people just don't know it, but you know it because you're playing with them. Um, Ryan Kasdorf got hurt in a game um, when Trent was a freshman and Trent came in and went 16 for 16 for like 350 yards. And it was like, okay, he can do it. And Joe did something like that as well. You know, when Trent got hurt a senior year for one game. So we kind of had an idea like, all right, this guy can do it. Um, this year's probably a little bit different, maybe not so much, much at running back and receiver, but, you know, in terms of the offensive line and the quarterback, it's probably a little bit more that way. And uh, it, it's obvious, um, 
and and it's not just y'all. It's it's everyone. We we all know the quarterback's the most important position on the single position on the field. The the game the offensive game runs through him. Whether or not you succeed on a play can often run through him, and that's it's just the way the game functions. It is um, the quarterback becomes so so vital in modern football. Um, now a quarterback in modern and I'm going to use the term in this current age of football, there's so much diversity in offense. It doesn't really matter necessarily what the offense is, but most of them are geared um, toward the quarterback. It's a great day and age to be a quarterback, um, and you really need one to be successful. Well, Coach, we do look forward to seeing what the GPAC and specifically Morningside has to offer. You know, we've got a lot of teams in the GPAC that are that are rising, whether it be Midland, who had a great season last year, Dort, who's who's just been sticking around, uh, you know, Concordia, who's just a pain in the behind, and, um, you know, Jamestown, who is quickly becoming a pain in everyone's behind um, on, on the field for the rest of y'all. But, man, I am so looking forward to another season of, of GPAC football and seeing how it plays out. It's, it's really an, an open book with, with so many possibilities. I'm looking forward to it as well. So I'm excited about the spring ball. We need to get the snow off the ground and, and get out there and see what they can do. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash N-A-I-A-F-B-A-L-L and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.